Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Hey, David. Hey, Anthony. What's up, dude? Not much. I'm faking energy because I'm not feeling energetic right now. Why not? So I'm gonna fake it till I make it. I'm uh, I'm always brimming with energy. Sure. <laughs> you know why? You're ebullient. Why why are you always brimming with energy? Because I'm my body's like always in fat burning mode. I always have a constant source of energy because I flipped on the fat sor- the fat burning switch in my body. There's a switch for that? Yeah, I lost track of it about age eight. Okay. <laughs> and it's like my body's been in a dark room looking for the light switch, unable to find it, but I found it a few months ago. And since then, the light's been on. Probably a little brighter than maybe recommended, but... The best part of that was when that you lost it at age eight. That was... <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. Where do we go from here? Oh, we, we go just, we, we go just, to the great state of New Hampshire. I was David. gonna say we should just stop the podcast there because that was <laughs> that was perfect. That's about as good as it's gonna get, folks. Yeah, it's only downhill from here. So you're welcome for that, and we're sorry for what's to come because we're not gonna live up to what, how this started. I don't know. This is this is a pretty good story, David. Out of New Hampshire. All right. So I don't know. Is it, is it the visual of an eight year old Anthony fumbling <laughs> out in the dark for a light switch to turn his fat burning <laughs> switch on? It's not. It's not quite. Uh, I, the way I visualized it was like someone opening the door, like an old you, like looking uh, for it, like after thirty years yeah. of being like, dude, and like turning on the switch, and you being like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I've said on the podcast before um, that my metabolism broke when I fell out of a tree as a youth. Mm. How old were you when that happened? Oh, it was a metaphorical falling out of a tree. Oh, I thought you literally fell. No, I mean I probably have fallen out of trees. I can't. Uh, conclusively link my slow metabolism to falling out of a tree. Is my metabolism fast because I have not fallen out of a tree? Mm, yeah, probably. How much tree climbing have you done? Well, I grew up in Mesquite, Nevada. So when I did climb a tree, it was a very small, sad tree. Yeah, so my current theory based off the last minute of our conversation mm-hmm. is that the more trees you climb, the slower your metabolism. That explains bears. Uh-huh. And monkeys with guts. Yes, but not baboons. No, I did read a story. Newspaper people are getting super lazy. A story about an escaped baboon who went bananas. Oh, no. That was the headline. Escaped baboon goes bananas. So I think, I think they're in a dying industry, right? Baboons? No. I think the baboon newspaper industry, people. Yeah, uh-huh. they're in a dying industry, so it's like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> no one's reading, anyways. It's kind uh-huh. of like this podcast. Yes, we can say whatever we want. Why are we so careful? We can. Put, are we? <laughs> we can, we can put as much or as little effort, and the res, and and the impact is largely the same. I've wondered this. You know how certain things reach a tipping point, and all of a sudden it's like like Twilight. Like, Twilight just reached, like, a tipping point, and You're it was talking super about popular. The, the Stephanie Meyer book series? No, I'm talking about the time of day. Ah, uh, yeah. People were like, I don't like this time of day. Yes. So all of a sudden, it was all the rage. Mm-hmm. No, of course, Stephanie Meyer, right? Meyer or Myers? I don't know. It I doesn't matter. You want to know why? Diamonds. Because exactly what... I, 
exactly what I said would happen a while ago happened. It's not high quality writing, and so it's going to fade away, and it's not going to be popular How anymore. How dare you, sir? It's not good writing. No, okay, I agree. The writing is not good. J.K. Rowling. Renesmee's the worst literary name of all time. What? That's the name of the baby in like the fourth book. What's the baby's name? Renesmee. It was like a combination of the mom's names, I think. It's hard for me to remember at this point, but I'm pretty sure that was the name. Yeah. Well, if, if you've noticed, like, the like vampires were back until people realized yeah. this isn't very good. <laughs> now vampires are not back anymore. It's because, like I said, I, I, had to read, I had to read Twilight for a college class. I was taking... What? Uh, yeah, I was, in, I, was in educa- I was in English and education courses, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the English and education required courses was young adult literature. Is this like when the teacher puts on the board examples of what not to do? No, no. Uh, this is one of those things where like kids are reading this, so you should be familiar with it. Yeah. And if you want to make a billion dollars, write stuff like this. Yeah, for real. Uh, I wonder what the next big thing is. Maybe we can do like a... I don't know. We'll figure something out like... Uh, maybe there's the, maybe succubuses are the next big thing. We can write succubus. Yeah, we can write that a thing will about, never be a big thing. I don't know. It's it, just the name alone is not good. I mean, it. I mean, it got everyone's attention. I'm sure the people that were like the doing, headlines write themselves. Maybe. So anyway, uh, I had to read it for my class, right? And because all the other books, it was like Harry Potter read it, The Lightning Sucky Thief bust. read it, and then I I couldn't pick any of the other books that had already read them, right? So I was stuck with Twilight. And I read it and I was like, this is not good. And I had to power my way through it. And it was not easy. I got to like to the last, there was like two chapters left in the book. And I was like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm done. I stopped reading. There's one point where from paragraph to paragraph, I didn't know how much time had passed. I didn't know if it was the next day, the next week, if no time had passed at all. I was so confused and lost. Yeah. Are you talking about within the book or in your within li- the in bu- real life? <laughs> within the book itself. I knew I, I was painfully aware, aware of every second I was reading that book. Because it's not, it's not good. I've I've been in situations where I've been reading before, and you know, you start reading the same paragraph over and over, and uh, you lose your concentration, and all of a sudden, it's been 15 minutes, and you're on the same page. You're like, what has happened? Because your mind, you know, drifts off somewhere else, or you fall asleep in the bathtub. So in New Hampshire, a small town. Croydon, 700 people, David, okay? They have one part-time police officer who happens to be the police chief, okay? And he's been serving the community for 20 years. Mostly they rely on the New Hampshire State Police for for incidents that happen, uh, you know, anytime from noon on throughout the rest of the day. I don't know. He's part-time. I don't know what his hours are. Um, I wonder if he gets paid like a police chief, though, right? Well, Cause like, 700 people. I mean... Uh, but the budget, I mean, you look at... Okay, the budget for a town, like, all the budget for that town's police force is going to one dude. Yeah. I don't even know. He could have been volunteer for all I know. Huh. So, name Richard Lee. You know, he served the community faithfully, with pride, for 20 years. And at a recent town board meeting... The three board members voted unanimously to strip Police Chief Lee uh, of his office, of his job, and rely solely on the New Hampshire State Police. How dare Because they? it wasn't, they thought it was, it made more sense from a, a budgetary standpoint or an efficiency standpoint to just rely on the state police. And so, Mr. Richard Lee, the proud man that he is, they told him, here was the instruction. They said, hand in your badge, your gear, your uniform, and keys to uh, the police car 
immediately. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, in the words of Richard Lee, I gave them my uniform shirt, I gave them my turtleneck, I gave them my ballistic vest, I sat down in the chair, took off my boots, took off my pants, put those in the chair, put my boots back on, and walked out the door. Mr. Lee walked a mile in 26 degree New Hampshire uh, to his house wearing only his boots and his underwear. And, uh, you know, he probably didn't need to do that. I doubt he would have been arrested considering he was the only police officer present at the time gonna, and was no longer a police officer. Gonna arrest himself, right? Like, but, like, what a boss move, right? If you're being fired in public, right? Who knows how many people were there? I assume it's the type of town where people go to the town board meetings because what else is there to do? Because they are bored. <laughs> yes. That's why they call them board meetings. I get it now. Same reason they call them board games. So if you have the, your one chance to walk out on you've been fired or you've been threatened or whatever, it just reaches a tipping point with your boss and you've had it. I think this is one of the better quitting firing stories I have heard of. Literally stripping down to your underwear and boots and walking out the door into a snowstorm. So have you ever, first of all, have you ever quit a job or been fired? I guess you've, you've had jobs before, so you've quit or fired. Have any of those ended in a way where you um, stormed out or left in a funny way, made waves, burned bridges? Anything like that? Um, no. Okay. If you could quit your job in a interesting way, how would you go about doing it? Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, uh, I worked in hospitals. I've worked in education. Right? So, you know those things that people wheel around on when they have a foot injury? A like wheelchair. Not a wheelchair, but it's like a... The scooter with the, the plank, the, the board. The, the, yes. So, you, so yeah. you put your knee on one and then you scooter around, right? Yeah. So I've always loved those. One of my students had one of those and I literally commandeered that as soon as he sat on his chair and I taught from that for the rest of the day. I would scooter around like someone raised their hand then I would scooter over there to him and I would talk. So here, here's what I imagine. I'm in some room with the, the powers that be and they tell me, Dave, you are fired or whatever it is, right? Yeah. I would say, okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'm just going to go. But before I go, I need something from you. And I walk up to the biggest boss in the, in, the, in the place, remove his necktie, put it around my head like a Rambo bandana. And then I would take one of those scooter things and I would scooter around the facility until they kicked me out. I would avoid security. I would do whatever I could yeah. to not get caught by security. And I would cruise around on that scooter thing for as long as I possibly could. And if security was hot on my tail, I would take it outside and I would get as far as I could. Outside their jurisdiction. Like, yeah, man. Like, you can't get me security guards. I'm outside the building. <laughs> what are the police going to do? He's just a happy guy with a, with a necktie head bandana cruising down the street in a scooter. Yeah. What are they going to do to me? That's pretty good. Um, it's like fair. It's, yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's fun. It's not harmful. I mean, maybe you're stealing property, right? So it's slightly felonious. But it's all good nature fun. Um, I've never left in a blaze of glory. Uh, I did send like kind of a roast email, but it was all in good fun when I left my law firm. Oh, um, just like you know, kind of ribbing the partner I worked for, and, but I sent it to like the whole firm. All right, and, and there were several like 
I don't know, funny pictures and YouTube clips in there. So that, that was fun. But what? So you have to you have to have you need to build up a lot of social, emotional, and like ability capital yeah. to pull something like that off, right? Um, yeah, and I think I had to that point. I was. Um, yeah, I was really, I was well liked, and um, I mean that's hard to believe, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I even created a fake Instagram account uh, that was the like fan club of that partner, right? What? And there were no followers, and, uh, and all it did was like post about the high school he went to. <laughs> <laughs> did you put more effort into this than your actual job for a while? Um, I mean, maybe just at the end. Was this that sweet spot where, like, you knew you had another position lined up? So, oh yeah, this was yeah, yeah. This was like in the last couple days, right? When I it was I and I gave like six weeks notice. I mean, I was I was. They were ready for me to leave. I was ready to leave. So it's like there's there's no more work going your way anyway. Yeah, no, it was it was mostly clean up your office time, right? And and I don't know, hand off whatever work you're still doing to someone else. So, but. I do have a regret um, from once when I was fired. I regret not, like, kind of making a scene or doing something about it or at least just, like, leaving. So when I was 16, I worked at a grocery store and... Um, Which one? Smith's. I actually worked at El Rancho. These are grocery stores in Mesquite, Nevada. I worked at El Rancho, uh, like, the year before for the summer. But uh, I was working at Smith's at the time. And... Um, it was spring, and um, I had, like, cleared it with... I had, like, three different managers, right? And I had cleared it with my top manager, uh, like, the guy who was over my other managers, that I would be trying out for the golf team, and that I would be missing a few days of work, and, and like, asking that I please do not get scheduled those days, because that's when the trial was. And that if I made the team, I, you know, these were the practice hours, and I could work after that. And, um... And he was totally fine with it. And, and uh, so I didn't even, like, check the schedule or whatever because it was... Approved. It was approved. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I could do the golf tryouts, make the team, woo-ha. Woo-ha? Yahoo. Um, I mean, make your own thing, woo-hoo. man. Woo-ha can woo-ha. be your thing. Woo-ha. Sounds like something a Marine would say before he jumped out of a plane. Yes. Woo-ha. Uh, so, yeah, it was great. Made team. Go back uh, to work, like, the next week, and I uh, get approached by one of the other managers, who was not the head of manager, and was like, hey, where were you last week? I was like, oh, I talked to so-and-so, and he, he said, you know, explain what, what I was doing, and he was fine with it. And she said, well, you know, we can't have there needs to be more communication and coordination. We can't have an employee just not showing up. So this is your last day. What? Yeah. So she fired me, but she fired me at the beginning of my shift. So she's like, this is your last day. Complete your shift and then don't come back. No, okay, I okay, said, okay, okay. Did you, did you finish the shift? That's what I'm saying. My one regret is that I actually like, did a good job that day and stayed the whole time. Partly because I was like 16 and I didn't know any better. Like I was like, I okay, I guess I just work. And well, I also wanted the money for right. the day. But if I could go back now, whatever like forty dollars I made that day, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I'm not sure what I would have done. I wouldn't have done anything illegal, but I might have like store. I don't know, taken off my badge and like thrown it on the ground. I'm not really that kind of person, but I wish in that moment I could have done something bigger than just say. Okay, 
Thanks for the opportunity to work at Smith's <laughs> and bag groceries and collect carts and clean up spills. I think I think you're just that kind of person too. Where you're like, well, I'm here to do my job. I'll just do my job, right? So I uh, my first job after I got married was at Toys R Us. <gasps> and I was yeah, cool job. So I uh, <laughs> you I, get to play with toys all day. Sure, just like working at Disneyland. It's all magic. It's a sauna in those suits, man. I I imagine you're talking about the Toys R Us, right? Yeah. Okay. So I would, uh, I, I was supposed to be a seasonal employee, and they were planning on keeping one seasonal employee on oh. full time, right? And it was kind of a competition. So my my bona fides, right? I was uh, I was fluent in Spanish. I could help all the Spanish customers. I learned the customer service desk. So I was doing returns and exchanges and yeah. stuff like that, right? It's an important skill uh-huh, for sure. And I was doing uh, I was doing cash register, doing cash handling and stuff like that. And I was uh, doing the regular like stocking and cleaning up maintenance, that kind of stuff, right? So I was doing all this stuff, and I thought maybe I was going to do it. So I was on all the way through the the holiday season, right? Like starting from like. Uh, early November or October, yeah. uh, gearing up for the, the Christmas season, right? All the way through Christmas into February. And they were choosing between me and some other guy, right? And I never saw it like competition. But anyway, uh, we uh, got to the point where I, I showed up one day for work. It was like a Friday, and that's when Fridays uh, are the day the schedule posts for the next week, right? Mm-hmm. Showed up on Friday, go up. A manager comes up to me. He's like, oh, hey, Dave, did you see the schedule for next week? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't looked at it yet. He said, oh. <laughs> I was like, why? And he said, oh, because you're not on it. <laughs> Ouch. And I was like, oh, okay. So Dave finished his shift. The yeah. next day was Saturday, and guess who was scheduled? Dave was scheduled. So Dave came into work again the next day. And when I got there, that same manager looked at me like, oh, oh, hey, Dave. I scheduled someone in to come in and take your, your shift. And I was like, oh, why? I'm scheduled. I came to work. And he was like... Oh, I was not expecting that, right? They were super shocked. And I think at that moment, he was like, dang, we may have kept the wrong guy, right? Um, but anyway, that led to me getting a job at a bank because he gave me a really good reference and set me up with good. the bank. So it worked out pretty well. He sounds like he was not a very confrontational person. This, uh, the, this boss? Or yeah. Me? Well, just no, the boss because, like, the way of saying, hey, did you check out the schedule? Right? I noticed you're never welcome back here to work. Just wondering if you looked at that, instead of saying, hey, thanks for doing such a great job. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to keep you on, right? Uh, that's that's pretty funny. So I, uh, I've had a couple of uh, supervisor bosses say, we need to get rid of this culture of nice. And what he meant by that was, uh, we're so afraid to step on people's toes and, and offend people and things like that, that we allow inefficiencies or poor work and poor quality to continue in the workplace, right? Yeah. So it's better to confront somebody and say, you can't keep doing this. This isn't okay. Or we need to change something. Or what can I do to help you with this because it's not working out? And we don't do those things because we're afraid to step on toes and insult people and stuff like that. And I think this was kind of the case with this guy, right? So instead of, uh, they couldn't send me home after that, right? Because I was scheduled. It didn't change anything. And I showed up. It was against policy to like just send me home or whatever. I had to write to be there and work because I was scheduled, right? So that guy had two employees there that didn't need to be there, right? One employee shouldn't yeah. have been there. Yeah. So instead of, I mean, it, I mean, it's a drop in the bucket on Toys R Us, but you know now they're bankrupt, so it's probably this guy's fault. But I mean, so yeah, the culture of nice is an interesting thing. What a weird saying, to, like that we say. We I don't want to step on any toes. Well, obviously, like why would you step on toes? That's rude, and it's an invasion of my personal space. Also, I just had ingrown toenail surgery. Not everything's about you, dude. Okay, check out the story. So, uh, a time when you'd want to step on someone's toes, and this deals with my. This has to do with my dad, right? So my dad is a wily old coot. 
right? Very, very smart. Yeah. And so when his okay. body when his body couldn't do the things that he used to be able to do, like in sports and stuff, yeah. his mind would make up for it, right? Okay. And when I was young and I was spry and I was playing on the basketball team and stuff, I was capable of beating my dad in basketball, right? I was yeah. capable. Uh, but I was never able. Why? Because my dad is so darn smart and wily. So... I, I would, someone would shoot the ball. I would go, I'd box him out, try to get the rebound. He would step on my foot. And so I'd go to jump and I couldn't jump because he was stepping on my foot. Then he would jump and grab the rebound. I would go, he, uh, he would like step on my foot and then spin around me and like go to the basket and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, that's a moment when you'd want to step on someone's toes. Yeah, I guess it's not, um, it's still not nice. But it worked. See the culture of nice. If Dad was nice, I would have beat. I would have beaten him in one on one sooner. But because he was, you know, not nice, he get he got to keep winning, and that's what it's all about, right? It's all about continuing to win. I, you sound an awful lot like an Astros fan right now. So you know that fake access that they give us during like basketball games, stuff like that, where the coach wanders over all grumpy and curmudgeonly and they're <laughs> at the, like... At the end of the quarter, you do the sideline interview. Yeah, and the guy's yeah. like, coach, your team is losing. What's up? And the coach is like, grumpiness is up. And the guy's like, very good. Another question for you. What are you going to do to change it? Play better defense. Okay. That's not, that's nothing. That That's nothing soup. That's, yeah. that's, that's lukewarm, nothing soup, spoon-fed to the viewers. They can be like, oh, we just talked to Greg Popovich. That's so cool. It's not cool. Yeah. It's lame. It's what it's the type of thing that makes us sitting at home think, hey, I could be a coach. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. We don't see what they do. Hey, guys, go after all the rebounds. Yeah. My favorite is we have to get after it on the defensive end. <laughs> sure, right. That's my favorite. Uh, so we got to get after it on the defensive end. Like I could say those things. <laughs> so football is even worse when they mic people up. Yeah. And it's just it's – just, a minute of people going, let's go, let's go. And then someone gets a sack and the guy stands up and goes, let's go. And then sounds of a sla- helmet, helmet's getting slapped yeah. and followed by a resounding chorus of guys yelling, let's go. <laughs> right? That's not access. That's not true access, right? Well, during spring training uh, this year in baseball, it's yeah. been delightful. Uh-huh. They mic up players during at-bats with earpieces, and they'll talk to the players, right? That's One of the cool. best things that they did is ESPN mic'd up uh, Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo, yeah. In the batter's box and on the on-deck circle, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know the Cubs were the team that Harry, uh, Harry, uh, Henry Rowengardner was on from, from yes. Rookie of the Year, right? Yes. So Chris Bryant gets up stinky there. Cheddar. That's right. So Chris Bryant gets up there, and it's either him or Rizzo. Started going, oh my gosh, 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 oh my gosh. And he swings. Chris Bryant swings, oh, that's right? That's awesome. Hits the ball foul. Uh-huh. And he's running. He goes, oh, ah. Oh. So breathing hard, he's like, no, I gotta come back. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's really funny. And then uh, Rizzo gets up, I think the next inning or something, or that inning or something like that. Yeah. And, he, and he goes, I'm doing some math in my head about what he might throw me next. And someone from the booth responds, well, what do you think? And it's like, I haven't seen, a, I've only seen one fastball from him, so I'm thinking fastball. Like, less than a second later, pitcher goes in his windup, throws the ball, he hits it, hits a fastball, goes, I was right! Like, right after contact, <laughs> starts running down the first baseline, so I'm going to go for two here! And he goes, turns the corner, no, I'm not, because he already had the ball. And he's like, "Well, oh, I can't believe I was right, and they're talking about that. And during the, while they were mic'd up, they were in the field, there were two outs, and Anthony Rizzo starts telling a story about going to games in uh, in Atlanta as a not-Atlanta fan, and making fun of, like, talking trash. What? Yeah, I don't know, just like, going to see Tripper Jones play, okay. and, and making fun of Tripper Jones from the dugout, like, from right near the dugout, like, calling okay. Larry, Larry. Larry, because newsflash, Chipper Jones' real name is Larry. Larry oh, Jones. I would go by Chipper. Larry Jones, not a Hall of Famer. No offense to uh, your grandpa. Great oh, name. yeah, yeah. Grandpa Larry? Yeah. I love Grandpa Larry. But but uh, Larry Jones, not a Hall of Famer. 
Chipper Jones, first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. best switch hitter of all time, right? So so he was telling the story about he would, he would up there be going, Larry, Larry, giving Chipper Jones a hard time. And then like a few, uh, like flash, flash forward 10, 12 years, he's playing against the Braves and who gets on first base where he's guarding? Chipper Jones. And he was like, oh my gosh, I'm here playing next to the guy I used to make fun of and, and give a hard time to as a kid. That's access. That's cool stuff. And they need to do more stuff like that. I would love to hear batters in the batter's box saying stuff like that. Oh, one of the best ones. So Chris Bryant gets up to the plate. And he goes, say, say hi to Jeff. And he covers his mouth and goes, is that his name? That's great. And Rizzo goes, Mr. Nelson. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, baseball has been really good about this. Not not to the extent they're doing it in spring training, and you can do it here because the games don't matter. Right? <gasps> but, I mean, not everyone not wants to be champion of the, the Cactus League. Right? Yeah, for real. The Marlins are like 6-1 <laughs> and one or something like that. <laughs> Every day they win their, their Twitter uh, account. Has some sort of celebratory tweet, <laughs> undefeated in the spring training or something like that. Um, it's nice. It's nice when you can make fun of yourself a little bit. That's healthy. Yeah, but baseball's been really good about this about like going to a player for an entire inning when they're not up to bat, right? Yeah. And and they're just having a chat and they're commenting on what's happening at the time. I think that's been really cool. One of my favorite things was uh, Rizzo was up there and says, "Man, I have no idea what's coming. Someone bang for me." <gasps> oh wow! In the game. He's thinking that, right? The only way that could have been better is if he was playing the Astros. He was not. But isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, I love that, that kind amazing. of stuff. Sorry, super fan Will Stewart. Um, so, okay, so sticking with baseball for a minute. Um, should all other baseball superstars not named Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, or Manny Machado, just thinking of the ones who have signed mega deals recently, should they all be mad at Christian Yelich? So Christian Yelich has reportedly agreed to an extension. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of like nine years, $215 million, give or take. The year may not be final yet, but but if that holds, that's a little under $25 million a year. Now, you'll remember that uh, Mike Trout signed for, what was it? A lot. Don't we look that up? Want me to get, get R&D I mean, on that? Yeah, go ahead and look it up. But Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Manny Machado, they're all in the $30 million plus. I think Trout was like $35 million a year. Cole got a lot of that too. Cole got an amazingly high amount of money. So these superstars recently um, have been able to secure long-term deals with very high annual averages. So Mike Trout, oh, wait, wait. What, did he, what did he get? Trouty, thirty-seven million six hundred sixty-six. Well, sixty-six out of the Garrett Cole next on that list, thirty-six million even. Max Scherzer, the next one, thirty-five million nine hundred twenty thousand. Yeah. So if you're trying to do like a top five in baseball, right? Let's just see even even a top four. Top, okay? top four. Top four players. Top three. I think Christian Yelich is in there, right? If, he, when he's, he's healthy, he's a, he's young. He's a recent MVP. Yeah, he, he's good in every facet of the game. Zach Greinke is number four? Dude, well, what a con job that was. Man, his agent deserves all of that money. It should he, all go to the is agent. Is he Boris? I don't know. Um, but but Yelich took $12 million less a year, maybe even more than $12 million less a year, than Trout. He took probably... Five to ten million dollars less a year than he could have gotten on the open market. And why do he do it now? He's got two years until he hits free agency. He's never hit free agency. He's always signed an extension. He signed a seven-year extension with the Marlins when he was with them, and now he's signing reportedly a nine-year extension. And so, while I don't think any player should be criticized, which is what I'm doing right here. <laughs> no no player should like. No one should. I be. don't. 
keep going. What I'm trying to say is that in a vacuum, right? Like if you, if, if I agree to take a certain amount of money or player agrees to take a certain amount of money for a certain number of years, like that's great. That doesn't affect anyone else in a vacuum, right? But, but players aren't played in, paid in a vacuum. They're part of a union, right? And as part of that union, uh, what helps set uh, the market for other salaries, what helps minor league guys when they're facing arbitration, right, to prove their, their value are the contracts of, of the superstars. And then it, it, it trickles on down from, from there, right? If Yelich is paid... 35 million well maybe the second best guy on that team's paid 20 something million and and you go down from there right um but if he lowers his to 23 million well maybe the second best guy who was going to get 23 million dollars a year now right he can't say well you know i'm as good or better than yelich so i guess i have to take less than him right and so when you're looking at this as other players now the brewers are other Blue Brewer players, they're probably happy with it because they get to play with Christian Yelich for the next decade, give or take. Um, but if I'm Mookie Betts and I'm going to have uh, negotiations this summer, like Mookie probably still gets all the money he was going to get anyways, but but it's, there's just a little bit more doubt, right? And there's and if you're a player that's you know hoping hoping to become a Christian Yelich, right? And you were hoping uh, to get one of those thirty-plus million-dollar-a-year contracts. Um, he has now reset the market, or or potentially, right? He's at least had some impact on the market. Or he shifted the market. Right? He shifted the market. I, th- I think reset would. Make Reset's it like, not not the right word. Yeah, but yeah but shifted. He's for impacted sure. it. So before his extension, I'm pretty sure this is before the extension. Kristen Yelich ranked 106th on the highest salaries in Major League Baseball per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good for, for a player <laughs> like him who's young yeah. and who's an MVP, right? Yeah. Um, man, I, I can't imagine what's going through the head of Cody Bellinger yeah. right now, who's a similar player to Christian Yelich. Well, he, right? he, he made it out pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. So... The Dodgers have a lot of players high on this list, by the way. Their salary is insane. And what, what's interesting to me is the uh, there's a lot of money in baseball, right? Don't you think there's a lot of money in football too? In fact, don't you think there's more money in football? Oh, there's definitely more money. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit. Okay, I'm gonna put that in my back pocket and yeah, in my back pocket. But wait, <laughs> no, no, okay, in my back pocket. One one of the reasons, because I've been trying to think, scratch my head, right? Because like from an outsider point of view, you think, you know, why doesn't Yellis just wait, become a free agent, and get one of those thirty-five million million dollar a year contracts? Well, one, maybe he's just super happy in Milwaukee and wants them to be able to use their. He knows their you know, quasi small market team. They've got a really loyal fan base, but but Milwaukee's not a big TV market. So maybe they don't have as much money to play with as a Dodger, Red Sox, Yankees, right? Okay, that's that's one legitimate reason. Another one is, you know, he has seen the DL from time to time, and he has two years until he would hit free agency, right? The Brewers have control of him for, I think, through the 2022 season. So really, I think three more seasons, two or three more seasons. And... It's hard to argue against turning down a guaranteed $215 million, right? right? Knowing that at any moment your career could end for some freak accident, right? So it's hard to fault him for that, right? But I just wonder what kind of instruction players get from the union about taking deals that would be considered under market for them, 
right? And, and how much of a because you know LeBron has stated right he doesn't want to take less than the max or at least in the previous few years hasn't wanted to because he feels it's his duty right as um, part of the players union to take as much money as he can get. I'm so glad he's making that sacrifice for the rest of the players. <laughs> I'm a huge LeBron fan, and this is just another reason to love LeBron James. He is sacrificing. So selfless. He's absolutely so. Instead of instead of taking less money, and so to spread the wealth amongst his teammates, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. He's taking all of their money. That's right. So that they can maybe make more money later. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, what a good guy. Yeah, uh, but so he really is a great guy, though. I mean, he he built a school. He does a lot of good. He built a school. He does a lot of good. And he brought back. Space We're Jam. only. Anthony, he brought back Space Jam. We haven't talked about that for a while. Well, has he? I haven't seen anything yet. You haven't? I mean, I haven't seen it yet. Dude. We'll see. We'll see if it's back. I mean, he may have we'll done another we'll Space see. Jam we'll movie. See. We'll see if it's back. We'll see. Okay. We'll see if it's back, okay? This is this is where he becomes the greatest basketball player of all time. It's the only thing Michael Jordan has on him in this argument. It's like, well, has he made a Space Jam? He hasn't made a Space Jam. Space Jams with Zs, Anthony. No. Anyway. Uh... So baseball America, sticking with baseball for a second. Baseball America uh, picked the Dodgers. I think uh, something like nine out of ten. Or uh, let's see. Oh, Garrett Cole looks weird as a Yankee. <laughs> like not not like the uniform and stuff, but his face because he yeah. shaved. Remember, remember when Johnny Damon went from the Red Sox, the fun loving beard having Red Sox, to the to the non beard having non fun having Yankees? Yeah. He shaved over there. Who's this dude? Very different person. <laughs> baseball America. Eight out of their, or seven out of their eight uh, editors. Baseball America, they do all of the, um, kind of like the, uh, they rank MLB or minor league players. They're, it's basically the the best um, writing on baseball, right? Or the guys who really dig deep and know players really well. They're following minor league teams. They follow players throughout their careers, um, so it's the most comprehensive baseball it's, it's coverage. It's the most, yeah, it's one of the most comprehensive and like kind of nerdy, right? Get into the numbers, baseball writing. I mean, maybe the athletic is getting to that point, but it's like the opposite of Sports Illustrated, which is more of the feel-good pieces and like get to know the player type pieces. Anyways, Baseball America, uh, seven out of eight of the their writers picked the Dodgers to beat the Yankees. Sorry, six out of the eight picked the Dodgers to beat the Yankees in the World Series. One picked the Dodgers to beat the Astros in the World Series. And one picked the Yankees to beat the Dodgers in the World Series. So the majority, seven out of eight of these writers, picked the Dodgers to win the World Series, which, I, I you know, part of me is like, yeah, I'm a Dodgers fan. Woohoo, we're the favorites. But also, being the favorite in a sport, uh, from a fan perspective is like just stressful for me right because now we're expected to win every series right you never expect to win every game in baseball but you expect to win every series right and you expect to go on some really hot run um so i'm already feeling some of the nerves right we're about 20 days out give or take from opening day i can't wait i'm excited but uh it's a long season, right? And now to have the expectations, because like we had a first round playoff exit last year, so I would, I was kind of hoping we'd be a little bit of an underdog, like be able to play the underdog card. But then you trade for, you know, a top three player in baseball, Mookie. right? To add to your team that already won a hundred plus games last year and had the MVP. Yeah, um, but interesting that 
the Yankees are also favored to go to the World Series. Now, I mean, they're a really good team, right? But they and have they added s- Garrett Cole, and they added Garrett Cole, but they have so many injuries, like, and they've had a lot of injuries for I a think number of years. Judge and Stanton, when we recorded this podcast, are injured right now. Right now, and, and that's kind of how they've been, right? Like the last two years. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited for baseball season. Um, I will try to not talk so much about it until we get to the all-star break you were live messaging me spring training stuff yep and you true. even told me you were like i'm sorry last one until next inning when mm-hmm. the dodgers come up again yeah and sure enough i got a text like 20 minutes later about dodger stuff again. there's no holes in the lineup there's no holes david pitcher spot i don't know <laughs> i don't know they got some pretty good hitting pitchers like who yeah kershaw can lay some wood on the ball he can lay some wood. Kershaw can lay some wood on the ball. I like it. I like I like rake. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like, my son, he rakes. Like, oh, that's so nice that he helps with the chores. Like, no, no, you misunderstand. <laughs> you misunderstand, madam. He hits a baseball really hard consistently. Mm. We, uh, we took our kids out to play baseball a little bit, a little bit ago, and uh, all of our kids were just raking it all over the field. It was so fun to, to play with them. We, t- we play a game called two-base. Have we, have we played that with your family? Don't think so. So two base is like a wiffle ball type game where you don't have a full field, but you just have a, a you have like home base, a mound, a home plate, a mound, and a second base basically. Mm-hmm. And so your goal is hit the ball, run to the base, and run back before they can throw the ball to home plate and get you out. So it's almost like home plate is first base, and you have to run two second base and back yeah. to make it, right? And if you catch your out on all that stuff, right? We had a ton of fun, but they were hitting the ball all over the place, having a good <laughs> time. It was a lot of fun. My kids, you know what they do? They rake. So we're talking about sports and money, David, with the Christian Yelich contract. And we're talking about how football um, doesn't have a money problem. I mean, it's it's such a money maker. Ratings were up this year. Um, let's see. NFL revenue in 2019. Do you want to guess what it was? Just like a, just a wild guess. Oh, my gosh. Like what the NFL reported as they brought in? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say $3 billion. $8.1 billion. Oh my gosh, I was in, off by it, that was billion? that was that was 2018, right? Oh my Which gosh. I think is the last reported year. So And the, that was in a down year, David. A billion dollars is a lot. Yeah, 8.1 of them is a lot a lot. Oh my gosh. All right, just just for perspective, the Dallas Cowboys by themselves generated 950 million dollars. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's amazing how much people in Dallas will pay to watch a team lose. Yeah. Interesting. Um billion. So it would not be a surprise to hear that the people producing this content, right? And I'm talking about the players, make most of, or a lot of that money, right? And, and, And I would guess most of them make multiple tens of millions of dollars a year. Yes. Right? You would, you would think that, right? Yeah. Um... And you would especially think that if I were to tell you that the people that talk about this game, like the people watching it in the booth, and then talking to us through the TV, the announcer, the color commentator, that those guys make multiple millions of dollars. In fact, Tony Romo signed with CBS a contract that will pay him $17 million a year to talk about the game. So you would think that if Tony Romo's making $17 million a year, well... The players must be making what in the twenties, thirties, forties millions of dollars a year range, right? 
Is that what you would? That's what you'd assume, right? You'd assume. Shall we? Uh, shall we discuss or talk about the players who are making less than Tony Romo this year? Okay. This is the. I can't. Ca- it must be a short list. Special this, teams guys, or this is the cap hit. Okay. okay. People making less than Tony Romo this year. Okay. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Well, he's pretty good. Trey Flowers. Yeah. Making less. Making yeah. less than wow. Tony Romo. Devonte Adams. Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger does care about this. Super Bowl champion. Right? Uh, Lane Johnson, uh, some guy named Drew Brees. Yeah, heard Al- of him. Alshon Jeffrey, J.J. <laughs> Watt, Le'Veon Bell, Miles Jack, Earl Thomas, Marcus Peters, Michael Thomas, Alan Robinson, Eric Fisher, Bobby Wagner, David Bakhtiari, Jarvis Landry, T.Y. Hilton. Okay, so... Trent so- Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Joey Bosa, Odell Beckham Jr., David Johnson, DeAndre friggin' Hopkins, Richard <laughs> That's Sherman. That's his legal name for our listeners. <laughs> uh, Jalen Ramsey, Tyron Smith, AJ Bouye, just because I wanted to say his name. Can you believe this? For our listeners, if you are a close follower of football, you Adam know Thielen? those names. If you're not, these are some of the best players in the NFL. Zach Ertz. <laughs> My, uh, I think I said this on the podcast. Larry before. Fitzgerald? My favorite name of a fantasy team that I had was Ertz Donut. Jimmy Graham? Joe Staley? Tyler Lockett? Tante Hightower? Travis Kelsey! Travis Kelsey? That's a crime. This is insane. Okay, so where would where would Tony Romo be in, Ezekiel in rankings? Elliott. Where would he be, like, the highest play paid? Like, okay. is, he, is he the 150th highest paid NFL player if he were making $17 million? Where, this, where would he be? This is after a lot of quarterbacks really, like you said, reset the market. Yeah. So recently, quarterback salaries have been huge. If Tony Romo were paid $19 million. 17. Uh, excuse me, $17 million, he would rank as the 36th highest paid player <laughs> in the NFL right now. The That's amazing. So he'd be behind basically... Most of the starting quarterbacks. Yeah, the type of people that are making more than him are guys like Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, and Kirk like Cousins, a few like defensive Khalil linemen, probably Mack, like defensive ends. Von yeah, Miller, yeah. Aaron Donald, right? Your quarterbacks and pass rusher, pass rushers. Exactly. So if uh, as a player, as as a starting quarterback on the highest earning franchise in football, Tony Romo would have been ranked this year. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. Still scroll. He would have been tied for 180th. So as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he was making 180th in the league type Wait, money. $9 million a year. That's what he made? That was his highest. Wow. At his highest, $9 million a year, which would be the 180th most. Yeah. Well, right? But in his defense, he is probably a better analyst than he was a quarterback. And he was a good quarterback. Like I, I, I enjoyed watching him play. I enjoyed watching him play a lot. But... Uh, he's like the best, right, analyst, or I, I think consensus would have him as the best analyst right now. I mean, I guess, but does it really matter? <laughs> well, that's like, the thing. Like, the does product. it move the needle? No, right? Do, like, you, do you turn off a game? You might mute a game if you really dislike the people talking. Exactly, but you will watch a game despite hating the commentators? Yeah. Are you going to run to a game because you love the commentators? Okay, now what no. I have done, uh, because I have like the NBA package and stuff like that, right? If the Lakers are are on national TV, and I have the opportunity to watch the Lakers station, I will do that. Because I prefer the Laker broadcast team to some of the national commentators. Right? But I don't think that exists. I don't even know if that exists in, in, in the NFL. No, I'm the, not sure. The, the rights are way too yeah. expensive, and they're just going up. I heard something today about how much uh, 
uh, companies like CBS, Fox, and ESPN were paying for the rights to do these things. Oh my goodness, it's in the billion dollars per company that are doing this, right? These TV deals are insane, the rights to do this, right? Yeah, I mean, so so, so CBS employs uh, Tony Romo. Right? Uh, Ant- uh, Antonio. <laughs> That's right. He's Mexican. That's true, he is. I learned that today. <laughs> uh, so poor Jim Nance though, right? Jim Nance makes like, like $5 million a year, I heard someone say. Uh, and you like... He's putting in time every weekend, right? Wherever CBS wants him to go. Colin March Madness, Augusta. <laughs> he does golf, yeah. Yeah, he's all over the place. Uh, meanwhile, Tony Romo gets to, like, come into work, what, 17 days a year? 18 days a year with the playoffs? Say things like, ah, watch for the run here, Jim. <laughs> Good, he's putting in time. He knows his stuff. He does a really good job. All right, but... This is no this is no problem for CBS, right? I mean, CBS by itself, it's it's a major company. But then, if you just focus on the football part, they're paying a billion dollars a year to the NFL for the rights to air these games. Seventeen million a year is a drop in that big fat billion dollar bucket. Yeah, that's that's what one point seven percent. I think one fat billion dollar bucket is a great name <laughs> for a for a uh, uh, a TV. Uh, game show of some kind the big fat one billion dollar bucket mm-hmm. i don't know how we could give like incorporate the billion dollars into it because that's way too much money to give away right but i bet we could get some sort of one billion dollar bucket thing the big fat billion dollar bucket i bet we could do something there that, get yes. back to me there's a kid in my class named uh in, named men and uh a kid came up to him today and said hey you should start a you should start a business doesn't matter what it is but you should start a business and call it men condition <laughs> Cool. And the kid was like, I'm going to. Men condition pawn. Men condition like men condition men coins. Condition. Right? Yeah. Men condition auto. Like men condition detailing. Whatever it is, right? Billion dollar idea. I heard it, so I'm gonna steal it. I paused because it looked like you had something you wanted to say that you were looking up on the internet, but I'm guessing by the silence that <laughs> No, it's just Football, so it's so hard to figure. I'm just reading about like how much revenue the NFL brings in, and it's just insane how much money there is in this sport. And yet we look at like the salaries of these players. You compare it to baseball players. You compare it to NBA players. Both sports that that pale in comparison ratings wise to the NFL. Now, granted, the NFL, yeah, their rosters are a lot bigger. Okay, but it, but you don't have guaranteed contracts, one, right? And so, I don't know. It's just, ama- it's just amazing. It's surprising that the NFL Players Union cannot come to a better deal of revenue share, right? Right. I mean, because you look at baseball. They're making so much money, right? It's, all this, it's a free market thing, right? It's not a free market. These billion-dollar owners have put a cap on what they have to pay their labor. Mm-hmm. A lot like what education has done, right? And so they're keeping their costs way, way down on the labor when they really don't need to, yeah. obviously. If they're, if if the XFL and the AFL-CIO, whatever league, the name of that league was called. AFL-CIO? <laughs> yeah. If, if those leagues have taught us nothing, it's that replacement players will not get the job done. Like, I, I can't watch. I tried watching the XFL. It's just not a good product. And not because of the commentators or the sideline reporter or that. It's just the play. The play is not very good. And 
you can't tell me that if the players hold out and they just refuse to play for a year, that they can't get a much bigger percentage of the revenue. It's complicated by the fact that some of these players don't make much at all and that they probably couldn't take off a year financially, right? right? And that's where the players union has to support them. And those who do make a lot have to, you know, if this is something that's important to them, they will pitch in. There has to be some kind of fund, right, that to, to buoy the players through a lockout year. Right. But I think that's what it's going to take. I mean, that's basically how unions work when you don't have a free market. Right. And you're stuck in a union type situation. It takes strikes. Right. To get concessions from your employer. Right. Because once you have a, a collectively bargained agreement, the employer has no incentive to deviate from it to your benefit. Right. I think we've lost everybody. <laughs> Lots of money. Players don't get very much of it. Boo-hoo. Tony Romo, super rich. Without the players, there is no product. What things would you not do for a million dollars a day? Your job gets you a million dollars a day. You have to go in less than 20 times a year. I mean, what are the things that you would not do? Let's say, let's take moral things off the table. Okay, you're not going to kill anyone or do anything okay, like that. Okay, right? okay. Not going to be any morality. Like yeah, assuming every anything you'd be asked to do is morally okay. Like, I'm having trouble thinking of things that I wouldn't do for a million dollars a day. Like actual jobs, right? Not like licking porta potties. No, oh. right. <laughs> like actual. Although thought... I may do that for a day. <laughs> for I might. Would you let? I would lick a porta potty. I would lick a porta potty seat. For a million dollars? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I would. I'd do it for $10. Gross, dude. I have some decency. At least set the limit to like $11 or something like that. <laughs> Shout out to Cody. Cody uh, Cody Law, our brother-in-law, he uh, had a porty potty business for a while. Cody, tell us how many porta potties have you uh, has your mouth come in contact with? That's a great and question. And was it worth the money? That's a great question. I never thought about that aspect of what he did. I mean, his mouth had to have touched a porta potty at some time, right? Yeah. Either by accident or on purpose. I it, don't know. It was kind of fun every once in a while. The summer before I married uh, your sister, uh, my wife. Um, why would, Why was that so weird for you? To, that was weird. It just felt weird. All of that <laughs> felt weird. By the way, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, the running back for the Cleveland Browns, yeah. is making $15 million less than Tony Romo this year. Carry on. Okay. Uh, so... The, the summer uh, we got married, I was doing construction, and one of my jobs was at night I would go and um, grease the heavy machinery, okay? You were a grease monkey. Yeah, and so this was like, you know, after dark usually when everyone had gone home, and I'd be going and, and greasing these machines, and at every work site there was a porta potty and your brother-in-law, our brother-in-law Cody... He, uh, those were his porta potties. So we would often run into each other at some of these sites and and talk for a minute. And uh, I was like super messy from the grease, and he's obviously cleaning porta potties, right? So we're like we're like the t- two least desirable guys to hang out with, <laughs> right? So we had to hang out with each other. <laughs> well, you guys are very. You've come a long way, both of you. <laughs> like both of you have come a long, long way. You are no longer covered in grease that I see, and. Cody is covered in poop a lot less. I only do it less. now for pleasure, David. Of course. Uh, and, and Cody is covered in poop a lot less than he was before. Uh, George Kittle yeah. ranks 
ranks 350 spots below Tony Romo on the salary chart. Football's the worst. No, actually, baseball's the worst because they keep their players in the minor leagues for so long and then get to pay them a pittance uh, for their first few years in the league. That's a whole thing, man. And then uh, Chris Bryant lost an appeal. Like, he, he wanted to... I know this is like a major shift, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Chris Bryant lost an appeal because his service time, right? They call it service yeah. time. Uh, he They just brought him up with uh, just enough days left in the season to not count his first season as a major league season. Right. So they didn't have to pay him the major league minimum. So he right. missed out on hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? But he lost his arbitration, mm-hmm. so it's not going to count. But that was years ago. Chris Bryant's been in the, le- yeah. in the league Former for Former like, MVP. Yeah, he's been in the league forever, and he just barely got through the arbitration. So, uh, yeah. So, while, while I mean, we're seeing these mega deals, Major League Baseball isn't perfect, and the minor league system is a great example of it. They've basically got an exemption from Congress to not have to pay minor league baseball players minimum wage. I think crazy. The, all of the arguments about small market teams and why we need a salary cap in all these sports or a luxury tax... I think, can we just be done with it? The owners are billionaires. They didn't become billionaires because they made bad financial decisions, right? They'll play the payers what they'll pay the players what they think they're worth, and the players will accept agreements that they are happy with, right? It's all it will all work itself out. And sure, do the owners of the Yankees maybe have more money than the owners of the uh, Royals? Probably. But you can still pay hundreds of millions of dollars if you're the owners of the Royals. I don't know who you are, but I'm assuming if you own a Major League Baseball team that makes a lot of money, even if it has low attendance and low viewing, you're still making a ton of money because there's a revenue share. Um, You can pay players more, right? Instead of caps, why don't we have basements, right? A floor. There needs to be a floor on how much we, we... allow teams to spend right is there not a is there not a minimum not in baseball oh i think in football there's a minimum yeah there may be i know in basketball there is but um anyways i just think the whole we need to protect small market teams and protect owners from from spending themselves into debt like let's let's take off the 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 baby gloves right is that what it's called the The kid gloves the kid gloves yeah deshaun watson (laughs) yeah makes $5 million a year less than Tony Romo, did as a player. He now makes $15 million. No, sorry. He now makes $13 million less than Tony Romo is going to make this year. Wow. Deshaun Watson. I could get on this list all day, man. Quan Alexander, one of the best linebackers in football right now, is making $13 million less than Tony Romo. We got any more uh, sports stories you want to cover, David? Sports takes. We got 20, 20 games left in the NBA season, give or take. Awesome name alert. Mike McGlinchey. Ooh. I forgot about him. Right tackle for the Niners. Very cool. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Right now. Right now, currently. Yeah. Tony Romo. I think this is the one that's going to close out everything, okay? This okay. is going to close out the All entire right. show. It's going to close All out right. this segment. And it's going to close out stop. me talking All about right. this salary thing because it just blows my mind whole. Okay, like a whale breaching, my mind hole has been blown for any nutmeg. Does that okay? come out of their brain? Huh? Okay. It's a metaphor, dude. Mm. See, uh, metaphors... I think you said like. It'd be a simile. Great. Good for you. Okay. Uh, so a metaphor illuminates the unknown through comparison to the known. Huh? That's my own personal definition of metaphor. Get okay. to know it. Get to love it. Okay. Uh, this year, this year, Tony Romo will make... $12 million more than some quarterback named Patrick Mahomes. 